from the poorhouse to the palace, Bethel Baptist Church is pleased to bring you this uplifting program hosted by Dr. Doug Castle. Please stay with us and open your heart as Dr. Castle opens God's Word. Greetings, beloved. I hope you're having a good day today. I hope you're rejoicing in the Lord. And uh, we're here in Malachi chapter 3. We come to a place where a lot of people don't want to come to. We're coming to Malachi chapter 3, verses 7 through 12. And we're looking at the coming of the Lord. Think about this. We're looking about the first and second coming of the Lord. And we're going to have to deal with the people, how they took the tithe and pocketed it. They had stolen the tithe. Oh, preacher, tithing. Oh, that's not for us today. We're New Testament Christians. Oh, 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 I'm so glad you said that because we're going to blow that out of the water, all right? And let me tell you something. The tithe is God's law in every generation. In fact, in a specific portion that is dealing with the first and the second coming of Christ, God deals with the tithe. Do you know why? Because it's for us today. God reminds the people how they've abandoned his law. Let me uh, show you some verses here. Verse 7, even from the days of your fathers, ye are gone away from mine ordinances and have not kept them. Return unto me, and I will return unto you, saith the Lord of hosts. But ye said, Wherein shall we return? Remember, they always questioned God. Every time the people were hard-hearted, stiff-necked, rebellious, God said, This is what you've done. And they'd say, Whoa, well, how have we done this? And God says, Listen, I'm going to tell you again. And he said, But will a man rob God? Yet have ye, ro- ye have robbed me. But ye say, Wherein have we robbed thee? In tithes and offerings. Ye are cursed with a curse, for ye have robbed me, even this whole nation. Bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be meat in mine house, and prove me now herewith, saith the Lord of hosts. If I will not open you the windows of heaven, and pour you out a blessing, that there shall not be room enough to receive it, I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes, and he shall not destroy the fruits of your ground, neither shall your vine cast her fruit before the time in the field, saith the Lord of hosts, and all nations shall call you blessed, for ye shall be a delightsome land, saith the Lord of host now look these people had robbed god now look he had he had already listed all their adulteries and sorceries and and now and wicked things and oppressions of the of the poor and the fatherless and the widow and robbing the employers and employers robbing the people and 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 um, and people robbing their boss and all these things and god says you want to know where you've got crossways with me is tithing you know one thing i know this old baptist preacher knows after uh, 15 some plus years in the ministry people rob God today they abandon the law of the God their fathers had abandoned it and they've abandoned it we abandon our marriages but expect our children to have successful marriages we abandon our faith but expect our children to have faith we abandon the tithe and expect God to bless us financially you got something wrong you ain't got no more a good night a woodpecker beating his head against trees got more sense than you got hypocrisy is the parent of children who abandon God now look, we're, we're, we've lost, a, a, look, the fathers abandoned the law of God and the children abandoned the law of God. Let me tell you something, you, how you follow God is how your children are going to follow God, not just because you took them to church to hear the right thing from the right person and somebody else, but more is caught than taught, neighbor, and they said self-righteously, in what way have we left you, and in what way shall we return? And they were asking God, show us our failures, and God didn't list them all, but he listed one right off the bat, and he accused them of robbing him of tithes and offerings. Of the 613 commands in the Mosaic law given by Moses, why did God pick this one? Why not one of the Ten Commandments? It was not that this was the law that was dearest to God that was broken. 
It touched the thing that was dearest to men that was broken. Men love money. It gets them what they want. It gets them power, position, prestige. And in every election, the majority of America votes based on economics and not on morality. They based on money. They vote based on money, not on morality. By the way, may I point out to you that who we would argue as our two greatest presidents, if we had to pick the two greatest presidents of the United States of America, do you know who most people overwhelmingly would say was George Washington and Abraham Lincoln. Now you think about it. Both those men, you know why we would call them the greatest men? And look, lost men would call them the greatest presidents. And you know what those men did? They were both served in the times of America's greatest economic depravity. Good night. It was a brand new nation. We didn't even have money. We were totally in debt to France and owed our military. Congress wasn't getting paid. Our founding fathers, most of them died in rich men died in poverty. Many of them died in poverty and uh, that were wealthy. They gave their lives, their fortunes, their sacred trust. They pledged them and they gave them. And we call them great. Why? Because they were moral men. Not, and they sacrificed money for morality. Abraham Lincoln, a divided nation, bankrupt, impoverished, destroyed by war, its own sons, tens and tens of thousands of American men uh, that were dead, no longer to work the fields, and, and, and divided, and yet we would look at Abraham Lincoln and say he was a great Why? Because he held a nation. One man birthed the nation, another man held the nation together, and they didn't do it with money, they did it with morals. And God touched their money because he knew it wasn't that money was dear to God. It was that he knew that the, the root of all evil, the love of money. Money is not the root of all evil, but the love of money is the root of all evil. First, six, uh, first Timothy 6.10, which while some have coveted after, departed from the faith. He says, drown men in many hurtful and uh, destruction, lusts and perditions, and, uh, and people have lost their lives. And when you're a God robber in tithes and offerings, you're you're in trouble, neighbor. By the way, let me say this. There's a difference between a thief and a robber. I learned this working in a prison. See, a thief steals when you're not present or aware that he's stealing from you. He sneaks in when you're gone. But a robber comes and he puts a gun to your head and asks you for your wallet. And God said, you've robbed me. He said, because you, you can't pull the wool over God's eye because he's I'm not present. He's everywhere. You can't be a thief before God. He's always looking. He, the eyes of the Lord run to and fro through the whole earth, beholding the evil and the good. There is no sneaking around on God. And if we take from God, you do it like a robber. You put a gun to God's head and say, I'm taking what is yours. And that's as stupid as pulling a pocket knife on Chuck Norris. Amen. Now, there's a way you want to meet Jesus and a way you don't want to meet Jesus. And I would not meet him who gave all of his life and sacrificed all of his, the riches of his glory on Calvary, ever living for me to intercede as my prayer warrior before the throne of God. And I would not meet my Jesus as a God robber. I would not want to meet him having abandoned his church, never having read all his word, nor caring for the loss by never having practiced personal evangelism and faith promise giving. There's just ways I don't want to meet God. I want to meet God as a tither. I want meeting him as a faithful church member. I want to meet him knowing I've read his word and spent time in prayer and cared for the loss and that by sharing the gospel and giving through faith promise. I just, I want to meet God that way. Let me ask you something. I'm going to stop right here today. Are you a God robber? Are you a God robber? You're not a thief. You're a God robber. Ain't got nothing to be. I don't know what people do and don't do as far as they're giving in our church. But God does. Oh, we got records, but I don't, I don't, I'm not in those records. But God is. Are you a God robber? 
That's a good question. I'm going to stop right there today and let you stew on that. Tomorrow we're going to come back and we're going to revisit this here and continue on uh, looking at bringing restored the tithes. And you stay with me. If you got the courage, you listen tomorrow. I'm going to show you that the tithing was before the law of Moses, incorporated in the law of Moses, and given to the church today because God, why? Because of verse 6, God is an unchanging God. And the tithe is God's rent for living on God's earth. They tithe in the Garden of Eden. Abraham and Jacob tithe 500 years before the law, and we in Hebrews are told to tithe, and Matthew's gospel told to tithe after the law. I'll show it to you from the Bible over the next couple of days. I hope you'll join us. May the Lord bless you until our time tomorrow. No longer a in rags of poverty. You've been enjoying the program from the poorhouse to the palace. Find Pastor Castle's Bible commentaries and other resources when you visit the website bbclinton.com. Archive broadcasts of this radio program are available at wytjradio.com. Listen to the latest broadcast wherever you are or catch up on what you missed whenever you want by subscribing to the podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or Google Podcasts. Just search From the Poor House to the Palace. From the Poor House to the Palace.